we're going to start on the right-hand side of the page. If you didn't get one, well, someone will share with you. On that right-hand side of the page, and you notice the poor sleep, but what I want you to notice is the tree and what kind of tree you're looking at and what kind of root system is that tree showing. What kind of root system is that? Does it look pretty good? Huh? It looks like it's hard. What kind of fruit are produced on that tree? And right there in the middle or on the top right-hand corner, poor sleep, eating habits, disconnection with, in all relationships, lack of focus, anger outburst, self-reliant, mistrust, loner, inward focused, and escapism. Now notice underneath that tree, that thorny tree, fear of man, self-centered, and pride. And we've, we've shared with this a number of times, and the way we share, and another word for pride is ego, isn't it? Edging God out. The lady who taught that to me was living in sin. She said, I don't have it together. My life is in trouble, and I need some help. And she went out and preached a sermon, and that was a sermon, edging God out out because of that pride in her life and I wonder where she is today and I pray that she started walking with the master and right in the middle of the bottom of the page notice the Christ the Holy Spirit the cross loving forgiving trustworthy near merciful and gracious amen church and because of the cross without the cross we would not have any of that without the Christ the Son of God we wouldn't have that in our lives. Notice the stream to the next tree. Psalms 130 says, Lord, hear my voice. You ever prayed like that? You ever pray to God and say, God, I want you to hear my voice. Hear my voice and plead. I remember a fella, his wife left him. She was in Oklahoma City. And he called me and he said, Ron, I will crawl naked to Dallas, Texas to get her back. I wonder if we'd do that to get to the Lord. I wonder if we're really passionate about that to get our life right with the Lord and we'll do something crazy because we want to be saved and we want the mercy of God instead of having a life of anger outburst. Because that's our lesson, the sinfulness of anger, the sinful anger of that Psalm 130, and in his word, I put my hope in his word. Every time Walt teaches our class, he says, get to the word, read the word, read the word, and then occasionally he says, read the word. Every time he says that. Why do we need to read the word? Because we need to be passionate, and we get to be passionate about the cross of Calvary. The trusting, interdependent humility. And notice beside that beautiful tree, Reliance on God. Trusting, open, honest, freedom, improved health, trusting marriage, confidence in work, more peace, and less anger. Notice on the right-hand side, it said angry, anger, angry, outburst. And on the left, left, excuse me, left-hand side, less, less anger. And people know the difference about us because of our focus and our walk and our, and our relationship, which is powerful, isn't it? 
and which is needed in our lives. Now we'll go to the next outline, but let me pray, all right? And before I pray, touch somebody's shoulder. <clears throat> Thank you, Father, for touching us a long time ago. And whether it's short or lengthy or whatever the length of time in our walk, God, we want to remember that. Thank you for the power of your touch in our lives, God. And sometimes we're angry as we drive. Sometimes we're angry when we show up at home. And God, sometimes it's at work. It's on a job. And God, we don't want that to become sinful anger in our lives, but we want to have that peace that passeth all understanding. Thank you, God, for the Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Big Bad. <clears throat> Let me read Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. <clears throat> Without the cross, we wouldn't be able to embrace. We wouldn't be able to touch another shoulder and we wouldn't be able to eliminate the hostility in the world in our life without the Christ, without the cross. And because of that peace that he's given every one of us, we get to show up and touch and encourage even when there's outburst, outburst of ugliness. I asked a fellow this morning, I said, you think you'll ever get out of this apartment? And because his goal is to get out of that apartment because there's no peace. But what does that mean? There's a bunch of folks there that need who. And who's going to go and show? Who's going to show up and share? Who's going to teach? Who's going to teach him about the peace that passeth all understanding? The young people that came today are going to be here all week long. And they will encourage everybody, every individual because of their life and their touch and their encouragement, and it'll show up every day. And that's the joy. Sometimes they'll get mad. Sometimes they'll have to go off and check the weather, and then they'll come back, and because they want to encourage. Anger has three faces. Notice the three faces. Explosive, blowing up, stewing and brewing, and silent indignation. You see that powerful word, indignation? How many times we're indignant and that letter C, irritability. How many times people will notice, and it's usually the ladies who notice us men that notice that we're irritable. And they'll say, what's wrong? He said, nothing. <laughs> what's going on? Nothing. And that irritability that's there because that anger's taken place and they perceive it and they discern it and they know it because they want to help. But because of our pride, we don't want anybody to help us. Because I've got the answers. And that's the section that Sprout read a while ago in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, chapter 2. Of the wise man, 
and finding out that wisdom had come from God. Number two, anger hurts relationships. You know, it's sad when you hear someone say, Ron, I don't know whether I want to get back with, because there may be AIDS involved, there may be some nasty involved, there may be some sexually transmitted diseases. I don't know whether I want to get back in that relationship or not. How many times that anger has hurt? And every one of us know the answer to that one. Number three, anger's in the Bible. But notice the question on there. Does your anger accomplish God's purpose. You know, you and I need to get angry, anger, angry at Satan. Angry at the devil for what he's done to us, to the world. That's a reason to get mad for somebody that is destroying the kingdom of God and a body of Christ and destroying children because they don't have a chance unless you and I are the peace bringer about the Christ. When someone shows up and they don't know the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the tells me so. And they never heard that song until you and I show up. And then Apple gets up and shows the movements of all the songs. And the kids love it. And they sing the song, used to drive a Chevrolet, and I used to drive a little Ford, and now I'm cruising with my Lord. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. That's a great song. I don't need any dope because Jesus is my hope. Misery, misery. That's what the devil is to me. Amen. But I allow that to be a part of me when that anger's taking place and I need that Chevrolet song. Amen. I need that Chevrolet song to remind me what I have in, in Christ instead of that anger, and allow that to control my bones. Exodus 34, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 103, verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. In Romans 3, verse 10 through 18, as it is written, there is no one righteous. You see that phrase right there? There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away, and they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips, and their mouths are full of cruising. Change that to cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, run, and misery mark their ways in a way of peace they do not know, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. And they never give God the glory or the time of day. Romans 1 verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. James 1, 19 and 20, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. 
because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Amen, church. Number four, anger put Jesus on the cross. In Acts 2, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles. Wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. How often do you and I reject God in our anger because we're not doing his will? Because we're not doing what he called us to do. Number five, anger is covered by Christ's blood. Let's turn it over and look at that last section. What shall we say then? <clears throat> shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means we are those who have died to sin. Amen? How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father that we too may live a new life. Amen. A new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died in Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Amen. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The question is, how are you living? How are you living this life? When our life is covered by the blood of Christ, when our anger is covered by the blood of Christ, but do I act as if the blood is sufficient? Now look at this baby on the bottom. God must be kidding. Christians are called by God to live life different from the way the world lives. Amen. That's where we are because we're going to live different, but actually make us more like Jesus. The first one, turn your other cheek. Forgive those who hurt you. It's more blessed to give than to receive and be willing to overlook an insult. Consider others better than yourselves and be willing to suffer for doing good. And count it all joy. Man, there it is, isn't it? Count it all joy when you suffer trials and overcome evil with good. And do not take revenge and love your enemies. And there's the scripture at the bottom. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. 
So the question is, what's our attitude this morning? What's our attitude when we leave here? What's our attitude every day, every second? Are we a time bomb? Has anybody come along and said, hey, stay away from them today because they're not having a... Are they getting ready to explode? You know, don't drive over their lane, don't seek that revenge, and don't talk to them through the windshield because they, they're over in your lane. We've never been in somebody else's lane, have we? We've never drawn over there, drawn over here. The blue group and the purple group and the orange group, they're going to be back there in the yellow group. And the purple group, they're over in somebody else's group. Where's my group? How many times we've done that every day or often, haven't we? And we, then somebody corrects us and we've got that angry outburst. But he says, have this attitude which is also in Christ Jesus. And the only time and every day we get to work on our attitude is when we're breathing. Amen? Every day we get to work on it. And that's why Walt says, keep reading the Word. And store the Word up in our heart and in our mind. And therefore share. Share that good news with others. Today, if we can encourage you. If we can encourage you in your walk, encourage you in your relationships, encourage you with whatever the battle that you have going on. We want to encourage you today. And maybe we need to baptize. Maybe you want to be baptized into Christ. What a joy and a blessing that would be that you start your life with Christ today. Let's stand and sing.